Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Mingo Morton. He is a bear whisperer. He's a multifaceted adventurer, a rock and ice climber, a kayaker. He says he's more comfortable on rock walls and walls of ice and snow as he is probably on the ground, on what we would consider normal ground. Um, he does remote wilderness adventures and wild kayaking expeditions. He's also a bear photographer. Um, he looks at wildlife and bear behavioral research and has education programs. They're very important. He also has a great interest in the welfare and health of all animals. In this vein, his nonprofit company, Bears Unlimited, has developed a section that deals exclusively with animal rights and welfare issues. He also writes and photographs a series of educational nature-based children's books called Atu's Adventures, and they are fun and wonderful, and they're an educational way to explore our national parks, other natural lands, and explore historical periods, natural and physical science subjects, anthropology, oh my gosh, so many things that you pack into Atu's Adventures, and of course, other areas of natural earth studies and children's literature. Mingo believes that the future is not in our hands, but in that of our children. Our legacy must be relating that the stewardship of land and animals is a sacred trust and must be forwarded to our children. Thus, the education of our young, our mission will prosper and will be carried forth after we pass from the wilderness that we desperately love and want to protect. Welcome, Mingo. I'm so glad you're on the show today. Well, thank you. My pleasure to be here. I'm delighted. You have had such an amazing history. You've, you said you went on a four-year tour of duty with the U.S. Marines, um, all your rock climbing, your extreme uh, kinds of adventures. You, it, you have just done so many things. Can you tell us a little bit about what got you interested and started in this work? Um, boy, it's kind of interesting. I'm not even too sure I understand that. Um, it's just, I think, um, biologically, genetically, I'm predisposed to uh, 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 just to being out in the wilderness a lot. I enjoy it. I doesn't. I have no fear of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a technical issue, and I just enjoy being there. It's uh, uh, it's just it's a great deal of fun, and um, mm-hmm. um, it just and I just enjoy it. I think 
that's the, the main thing about it is just there's such a level of enjoyment and not only of the, the good times, but of the difficult times too. A couple times I've been, in fact, more than a couple times I've been almost killed. Mm. And, uh, uh, and those times you get to a point where you're just going like, well, that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you still, it's still a positive experience regardless of how uh, harrowing it could have been and how wow. harrowing it was. Well, and a harrowing adventure that you walk away from and live to tell the tale. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, it's a good, it's a good adventure, right? As long as you're able to walk away. As long as you're able to walk away or crawl away. Or crawl or be carried, but are still breathing and kicking, right? (laughs) Yeah, it it can be pretty interesting at times. I mean, I've made phone calls to my base camps telling telling them that I probably would not survive the night. Mm. And because I was in a a particularly nasty situation where I was being pounded by a storm. And I really didn't think I would... that I would survive. Just, I, when you um, survive those situations, you take a look at it and just go like, well, that was kind of fun and very interesting. And then you analyze it and you go back to it. And you just really don't allow it to uh, color um, the, the problems that you really did uh, live through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you've been a, go ahead. You, go ahead. I'm sorry. Ultimately, it just comes down to it. It's just a uh, a huge amount of fun, and if you can't live your life having fun, why bother? Yes, yeah, I get that. So many of us get trapped in inside the box. You know, we literally trapped in the cubicle, trapped in the office, trapped in inside, and we forget to reconnect with nature. You know, we forget to get out there and test ourselves and and challenge ourselves and and explore and live life really on the edge. You know, and that's really sounds like what you have done. Um, for a very long time now, since what the early seventies. Yes, yeah, I've been I've been very fortunate at uh, some of the things I've uh, lived through, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things that were just uh, a tremendous amount of uh, of, of harrowing experiences that you kind of just enjoy at the end of it, and look at it and just go like that was a riot. Well, anyway. tell me about one. What you keep talking about harrowing adventures. What what kind? I mean, what what one? Tell me. Tell us one. Oh, one of them was just on James Bay. I'm the only person that's ever survived kayaking on the western coast of James Bay. Oh my God. Um, one particular evening, I got hit by a storm. Uh, had to do a midnight paddle and in the dark, and mm-hmm. and 40 to 50 mile an hour winds, mm-hmm. uh, 12 to 16 foot seas. And Ooh. on that one, I decided that it wasn't going to be a real good position and or a fun evening. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you just, but you have to do it. You have to, um, I was in the swamp. There's no place I could have uh, been safe at that position. So I had to move south by about four miles. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and so you just uh, prepare yourself and execute a plan, make a plan and execute it. And you hope that everything turns out and you use all your skills uh, both physically and psychologically to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. I mean, I, I came in at four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, fairly well beaten up, but mm-hmm. just, uh, uh, really in, at, at a certain point enjoying the challenge. And mm-hmm. that's what it became. It, it becomes a battle between you and Mother Nature. Either you win or you lose. And I'm not into positions of losing. Losing is dying. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. you just yeah. continue on. Uh, 
and ultimately you you enjoy the the thrill of of the battle that you do. That wow. it just uh, becomes uh, a fun thing. Uh, another time, I just took a fall up in the Sierras, broke my pelvis, mm-hmm. and was able to crawl about a mile and a half back to my vehicle. Oh my God! And that was uh, the biggest. The, the worst part of that was ruining a brand new pair of jeans. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to heal, but these jeans are trash. But the jeans are not going to make it. <laughs> they're not making it. So, so you crawl back there and, and with your buddies, and you just they look at you and stuff like that was. Yeah. And you're going like, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but it was well. But, oh uh, God. I, I can't. I do have to admit that that wasn't a great deal of fun, and it was very painful. But at the same point in time, you get back there, there's a certain level of satisfaction that you just get one of the stupidest things that you probably humans have done before, uh-huh. and you survived it, and you're you still got a smile on your face joking about it. Right, and you got a good story to tell anyway. <laughs> yep, it's like oh, it makes a you know over a. A beer in a pub makes a great story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you would be a great, you're a good party goer. I, I bet people invite yeah. you to all their parties because they want to hear all these stories. You could t- entertain people for days. Oh, gosh. Yeah, most likely. there's. I have tons of them where I've crashed and burned, and the only thing you can do is laugh about it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. So. yeah. Laugh. Hopefully you could laugh and walk away like it was <laughs> So, all right, so let's talk about bears. Um, so you said that in the early 80s, you started really following animals into the wild to photograph them, right, and to learn from them. So tell us about that period in your life. What what happened, and how in the world did you get so enamored of the bears? Well, we started climbing in, this, in the high Sierras quite a bit, of, uh, and these bears would come down here and try to steal our food all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, Part of the time they would get it, and part of the time we would we would win, and then we'd have to go out and haul more food in for them to steal. Uh-huh. And I kind of figured at one point in time, either I'm going to have to get myself a machine gun to get them all, or I'm going to have to learn something about them. And then I realized they were actually smarter than I was, and I better observe these critters. <laughs> and, uh, smarter and than the so, average bear, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Some, some of the things that they did were just thoroughly... Uh, uh, comical number one but and at a certain point in time you you realize that little sucker's thinking about this he's thinking oh, yeah. about how to pull my food off that line oh yeah and uh and they they use deductive reasoning to do this yeah. and uh, and at that point in time i figured well i need to either stop coming to the sierras which wasn't going to happen <laughs> or learn about bears mm-hmm. and which did happen and so it was a it was a a long learning process over almost well thirty years now. I've been playing wow. with these critters. Wow! And so, and I started with black bears there, and then I got into brown bears up in um, Alaska and in the, uh, the Yellowstone ecosystem. Wow. And you you learn each one of these bears poses a different challenge, and uh, you just learn um, how they operate. And once you learn that, then you can start learning a great deal about them, and yeah. like how to communicate with them. Right. And right. once you learn to communicate with them, then it makes it fairly, uh, fairly straightforward, very, fairly safe. I just say fairly because, uh, systems fail all the time, and if they fail, you get eaten, uh, right. or mauled. Right. Yes. But most of the bears are, they're pretty, uh, easy to communicate with. Well, and I think, too, it makes a difference when you approach them with respect and an understanding. 
you know, with the intent to connect with them as sentient beings, <laughs> you know, very intelligent reasoning, like you said, lots of reasoning ability, um, you know, and, and you show up, you know, you're present, yeah. um, and you, you know how to play the game, which you, you are. You said you're a bear behavioralist um, for quite a while now, what, 25 years? Um, yeah, I started, I probably really began to understand them um probably in 1990 after working with them for 10 years in the Sierras. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, at first it was just blind luck. Uh, and then it was just, at, at a certain point, it's just like, uh, if you beat enough pots and pans uh, together and throw rocks in your room, they will leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then at, a, at some point in time, I'm going like, hmm, that's, that's an interesting behavior. And you, you start to see patterns of what they're doing and how they operate. Okay. And then at a certain point in time, it clicks in your head, uh-huh. and you're able to predict some of their behaviors. Mm-hmm. And then at that point in time, you get it even further into it, and you can't predict it anymore. You understand it. Wow. And once you start yeah. understanding their behaviors, um, you, like I said, you can operate around them fairly safely. And I photograph bears from anywhere from, you know, I think the closest bear I've ever been to is like 10 feet, mm-hmm. and anywhere in brown bears from 20, 25 feet. They just don't seem to bother me that much. They look at me and just, uh, just another ugly bear. And so they leave me alone. But, uh, so it's, it's definitely a fascinating, uh, journey to get to this point. But it didn't yeah. happen over a year or two. Yeah, well, and you worked at it, uh, and put yourself in situations where you, you had to learn. And you did. So, so how do you think this works? How successful can one be when learning a bear's lang- uh, an animal's language, in, in this case, a bear? How successful can they be? Yeah. Um, quite. Quite, um, yeah. What, yeah what, so I believe how, that I can communicate with bears almost as well as I can communicate with uh, some people. Wow. Uh, okay. As long as they're rational. Um, well, that makes a difference. <laughs> Not all oh, yeah. people are rational and, either, though. Hey. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, bears, are, they have two, uh, two different types of behavioral. I call it their thinking behavior and their instinctual behavior. If you get involved with their instinctual behavior, you're probably going to get uh, eaten. You'll get mauled. Mm-hmm. If you can continue to make them think about a situation, uh, you're fairly safe around them. They are very predictable in many situations. Okay. Um, and uh, and this I'm talking about black bears and brown bears. Um, polar bears are a little bit different in the sense that they're not as um, amenable to wanting to hang around with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, brown bears and black bears sometimes they're very very amenable, and they'll allow you to be with them for hours. And uh, and it, it's really fascinating some of their personalities. Mm-hmm. But you okay. have to understand their personalities. Yes. Okay. So black bears and black bears and brown bears and other types of bears, um, they have very distinct personalities. They're not all the same. Oh, oh no, they're they're as varied as humans are. Ah, okay. Uh, some humans you, you find and like. Mm-hmm. Some bears you find and like, and some bears find you and they like you. They yeah. just want. I always joke around about it. I says bears are curious about us for two reasons: either we taste good. Or they just want to hang out with us and have a beer with us and eat a bunch of chips and watch football. <laughs> and those are the bears that are are really kind of fun to be with. Yeah. Uh, the ones that want to munch you, they're not so much fun. Not so much. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, you sound like you've had some personal experience with that one. Uh, I've been charged with 
charged big for, yeah. And that's kind of a harrowing experience, to say the least, for it. Yeah. But, uh, if you understand why they're charging you, you can normally diffuse it. If you don't understand it, uh, that's when you pull a bear spray. And, uh, uh, okay. And so, but okay. yes, I always carry some defensive measure. Okay, that's important. In fact, that brings me to a question I wanted to ask. Do you have any tips for our audience on, uh, or our listeners on how they should interact or how, if, if they, if they're, if they encounter a bear, if they have a close encounter of a bear kind, (laughs) what should they do? Well, the main thing is remain calm. Uh, if you get freaked out and run, that, um, usually elicits a response. If you yeah. pull a, a string in front of a cat, it attacks it. Yeah. If you run from a bear, it does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, most of the times you want to stay away from them, though. If you don't understand them, they're not, uh, they're very unforgiving at certain points. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So the best thing to do, the safest thing to do is stay away from bears, never feed them, because mm-hmm. if okay. once you run out of that last bologna sandwich, they want more. <laughs> uh, your Hard to convince them to you don't like have that. any more. Yeah, very difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. there, I always tell people bears are nothing more than stomachs with four feet and have a cute <laughs> face. And, uh, and they're mobile food munchers. And, uh, okay. and so as long as you can, uh, you stay away from them and, you know, take pictures of them and, um, listen to what, if you're in parks, listen to their guidelines and comply with them, you'll be, you'll have a good experience and have a good time with them. Right. Uh, yeah, and people that, um, don't know anything about them that try to get too close to them. These are the people that are to get eaten mm-hmm. and mauled, yeah. uh, or if they get into an instinctual situation with them. Um, that's okay. not, that's never a good situation. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Um, can you tell us uh, an incident or something that um, would help us understand? Well, bears are like uh guys during football season you come to the refrigerator do not take their beer or their chips <laughs> bears okay. are the same way you go to their refrigerator regardless of what they're eating and they will uh generally charge you um, okay um, i've been charged by going into biscuit root fields up in yellowstone and things like this or um if you come upon them when they're eating um you just don't want to walk up and say hey you'd like to share your meal yeah. Um, you most likely become part of that meal. Yeah, um, yeah. sure. Uh, I'll have you over for dinner sometime, right? <laughs> you will become dinner. Uh, so whenever they're eating, you stay away from them. Um, okay. You know, the typical uh, um, warnings of never, you know, walk up to a cub and try to pick it up and give it a hug. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not okay. going to work out too well for you. Uh, yeah. And so it's just generally okay. a lot of common sense here. Okay. Uh, you, uh, the bears will tell you what they want, and okay. if you are wise enough, you will learn. If you don't, then you get munched. Okay. But, All right. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of our society kind of suffers from what I call the the Disney uh, complex, <laughs> which is yes. that we think that wildlife, it should love us and respond, you know, and want us to touch them and play with them and, you know, and be friendly. And that's not the truth. So we have to be more present and pay attention. And, yes. Oh, yeah. very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. So uh, so let's talk about Atu. Uh, he is absolutely adorable. Um, so you have Atu's Adventures. It's a series yep. of wonderful books. Uh, 
They are written at a reading level that's appropriate for second through sixth grade students. Um, and they're interactive, so parents and teachers and families can, can work through them. And, um, and the focus of each book is to learn about the features and animal residents in each of the wonderful parks. So um, you've done ones uh, for, um, let's see, the Grand National, uh, I'm sorry, Grand Canyon National Park. You've done Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. Um, what else have you done? The, I mean, these are so darling. Well, we just published the uh, uh, Joshua Tree and Mojave National Preserve. Uh, oh, wonder, National oh wonderful. Park. So that's okay. the third book that's out. Okay. Um, we have two more in production, and they will be out probably towards the end of the year because I'm on a, uh, I'm preparing for expedition right now, so okay. I don't have a, a great deal of time. But the books are, uh, like you said, they're, when I write them, I write them interactively because what we're trying to do here is bring parents, teachers, um, anybody that reads that book to the child to let him understand uh, um, uh, that we're part of a culture, and we don't want the kid to be sitting there, the child to be sitting there reading by himself trying to figure out some of this stuff. I use a lot of higher concepts in here. Um, yes, you We're talking do. about um, different types of, um, uh, like, flora and fauna. Um, we'll be talking about uh, their specific places within a park, why at one elevation you have this and why not at another elevation, mm-hmm. whether it's floral or fauna. And we discuss a lot of these things. We, t- we talk about different concepts in geology, talk about geothermal things. We talk about the uh, difference between a bacolith and a monolith mm-hmm. uh, in Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about a lot of geology, a lot of the Indian history and, uh, and white history of, of the parks and of the lands that we're looking at. And we do this because we want to bring in uh, an adult into the reading experience with a child for two reasons. Number one, to learn. And number two, to reinforce that adults are cool people, too. And we can have an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. do. And, you know, we a lot of parents and other people just want to sit there and, and let their kids be babysat by video games and uh, television, and that's yeah. what we want to stop. We would like to help in this uh, process of bringing kids back to parents and teachers and things, grandparents, so that can be all part of the educational process. Oh, I and, that. Uh huh. Okay. I can see why that would be really, really important. So, and by the way, everyone, Atu is a polar bear. He is absolutely darling. <laughs> um, I think we may have missed that part, but I'm looking at a picture of him, and he is absolutely darling. He's a pretty good-sized bear, too. Yeah, he's he's about 42 inches tall. Okay. And um, he's he, he, whenever we take him to schools, he becomes a chick magnet. <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's actually, yeah, he's. I have many, many pictures of him being held by uh, young kids, and uh, uh, and just and it's a crack up to see how they respond to him. And yeah. So, and what's interesting about the books, the, the books are written through his eyes, not through mine. And and that's another fascinating thing. Like he'll, he refers to me as his buddy that, uh, you know, feeds him soup all the time because that's what I eat on expedition. And uh, uh, and so it, it's kind of fascinating. He's basically my alter ego, I guess. He sits in my office as I sit here to look at him now. Okay. And 
and it's it's fascinating to get into it. And when I get into the mold of writing these books, I become the bear, and I and I and it's really kind of a it's a fun thing to do, and it's yeah. a, it's enjoyable to try to think how kids would think, and and write write it easy enough. Uh, like it, uh, I have in the Yellowstone book, I had a, it took me probably two weeks to write one page on. Um, uh, continental Divide. How do you mm-hmm. explain the Continental Divide mm. in basically 125 words mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and get it to a point where kids can understand it and why it happens, the actual process? Okay. And I went over and over and over in that thing, and I finally figured it out. And I figured it out by sitting there talking to kids. Oh, wow. And uh, and so we would discuss things. I would, you know, I, I live in a neighborhood, of course, that has kids. And uh, I would talk to him about it and say, okay, that's how I do it. And I sat down and wrote it. And uh, uh, and so it was kind of fascinating. Uh, uh, so there's a lot of input into these books as to how we get the point across. I love that. Wow. So let's talk a little more about Bears Unlimited. So you created a Bears Unlimited as a, a way to um, – it's a nonprofit organization, correct? Yes. Yeah, and it's whole. Uh, tell me more. Tell us more about Bears Unlimited. Well, Bears Unlimited was created about almost well, November would be two years, and what we do with it is we do a lot of writing and research. Okay. Uh, and on my website, if you go to bearsunlimitedinc.org, mm-hmm. you can read article after article after article about bears, wolves, and the wilderness in general. Um, We're doing some, um, on this summer's expedition, I'll be doing a fair amount of data collection on global climate change. That's another area that I'm interested in, not only because of humans, but because of what it's doing to bear habitat. Um, Mm -hmm. That's changing radically also. Uh, Not only polar bear, but brown bear and black bear. Uh, And there's some fascinating things going on with black bears vis-a-vis global climate change yeah. uh, that a lot of people aren't picking up on uh, that since I study them, I, I have been noticing some, some things. But we write about these things. And then we also um, brought in um, another individual into the group, uh, Nula, and she does uh, our – we opened up a whole new wing to it on animal uh, welfare and rights. Mm-hmm. And so she's much more interested in that, and I do the wild uh, end of the of the uh, Bears Unlimited, and uh, we have some uh, spirited discussions about a lot of different things. But a lot of it comes okay. out in our writings, and both mine's and Anula's. Okay, got it. So Anula Wilderich is um, that's what she does, and yes. then you focus on the other. Uh, that sounds like a I'm really glad. important thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she's completely independent. This is something that we established uh, when she joined the organization, is that her writing is totally independent of mine. I have no editorial input whatsoever in it. So, And as a wild animal researcher and her being a domestic, um, Anola is a vegetarian. I am not. Okay. Um, but I have I eat a very limited diet of meat, mostly soy proteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same point in time, um, and it has to be that way just because of what I do. I'm going to spend three and a half months in the wilderness this mm-hmm. summer yeah. up in the cool. Arctic, 
Wow. And uh, and I don't know too many. I, I hate to say it this way, but I don't know too many vegetations can handle that abuse. <laughs> no. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. To spend three months, no hotels, no nothing. It's just a matter of you doing this. Wow. Um, and You're so going to spend three my months. Diet is, Go ahead. Uh, so my diet is a little bit different, and Anul and I have had discussions about this stuff. And but it's we respect each other's opinions, we respect each other's independence, and okay. she respects what I do too because I'm not a normal person when it comes to doing these things. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, <laughs> and thank God for it. Um, so tell, you said you're going uh, to a three month expedition in the Arctic. Yes. It's both a research and an adventure expedition. On the adventure part of it, I'm doing 5,500 miles, 1,000 miles on Mackenzie River, uh, 2,500 miles across the top of Alaska, down through the Bering Straits, into Norton Sound, and then picking up the Yukon and going 2,500 miles up the Yukon uh, Mm. in a 17-foot boat by myself. And while I'm out there, the research part of it is we're going to be doing a lot of data collection of water temperatures, water salinity, uh, currents, um, and then a lot of the air temperatures and uh, wind velocities and uh, basic weather uh, data collection on okay. that. Um, and then while I'm also out there, we'll be taking a lot of photographs and video footage on along the riverbanks to see what the permafrost is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, and all of this information will be available for free to local organizations, um, research groups. Um, I've got some friends that are fish and wildlife that are very interested in some of the observations I'm taking on water temperatures mm. um, in the Arctic. Uh, the Arctic Ocean is basically broken into three oceans, three seas, the Bering, Chukchi, and the Buford. Okay. <clears throat> I'll be com- crossing... The complete Buford, half of the Bering Sea, and just about half of the Chukchi. And I'll be taking water temperatures at, at zero elevation, 10 feet, and 50 feet. And what that tells me is it, it, it shows the stratification of the water temperatures, mm-hmm. which is important to geologists for, for research in global climate change. And then you add on top of that salinity of those areas. And all of these uh, factors be key to GPS positions. So they'll be oh. able to see for a oh. full three months what this what this water structure is doing, and that's never been gotten before. Wow! And so Fish and Wildlife Service is really interested in that uh, with their fisheries divisions because they want to know why or what's going on in this water. Mm-hmm. And this will be the first time they actually get a good look at it. Mm. And so that's what part of the research is. Wow. And the other part of the research is just me just walking through, checking out the areas, uh, checking out. I'll be up on the ice flows of the Arctic Ocean, mm-hmm. um, photographing and working with bears. We're also going to do some uh, ice structure work up there. Uh, I'll be doing ice pouring of the two- and five-year ice to take a look at okay. what's going on with it okay. and uh, and taking density and um, taking a lot of pictures of it. Wow. So will Atu be going too? No, no oh. not, not on this one. He's just hanging out at home. Uh, he's holding down a fort, so to speak. Oh, but, uh, okay. Uh, now, this well, is a solo thing. A solo thing. Oh, little, poor Atu. A little, little arduous. <laughs> too too hard for the little polar guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's he interesting. He'll get wrecked, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he'll deal with it. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so everybody, again, um, y'all can uh, go to, or our listeners, you can go to bearsunlimitedinc.org, um, or you can go to Mingo's website also, mingomorvin.com. Uh, so it's bearsunlimitedinc.org or mingomorvin, M-O-R-V-I-N.com, uh, to find out more information. Um, so why else do you think your work is important, Mingo? What, what is it that you want people to know uh, about what well, you're working with? I think that we all, I think that you can be on this planet and exist and become liability to it by just breathing. Yeah. Or I think you can be a positive force towards um, maybe not change, but education towards change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't think I have the power to change anybody's minds. I have the the power to educate them, and that's all I'm trying to do through yeah. the children's books, through Atu's adventures. That's what that's all about: is to educate children about what's going on out there in the wilderness. When they go to Yellowstone or they go to Joshua Tree, they can actually take a look at these books and go like, "Wow, this is what this park is all about." This, these are the highlights of it, yeah. and I'm very. Um, Positive towards the rangers. Um, I get, I have a, a good working relationship with many, many rangers mm-hmm. all through the national park system. Mm-hmm. And that came from rock rescues that I did in Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just friends, some of them I climbed with. And we had a, a, generally I respect the vast, vast majority of these people. Yeah. They do a good job. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately the underpaid and, uh, but they do a wonderful job for what they're doing. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is just educate. We're throwing the information out there, and it's a pertinent information, and it's science-based information. It's not my opinion. Uh, okay. and, so, and sometimes that gets me into trouble, too. <laughs> but at the same point in time, uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's the other thing about Bears Unlimited. We are a, basically a self-funded uh, nonprofit. Okay. We don't uh, – uh, you know, we, we accept – uh, small contributions, but we're not run by any large organization. And we want to stay that way for the simple reason is that when your budget is from one or two organizations, it's strings attached. Yeah. We don't want strings. Yeah. Um, so everything that you read on Bears Unlimited on the site, um, you'll see is science-based. Mm-hmm. And okay. occasionally there's some, there's some good humor in it too. I, yeah. I wrote a couple of pieces on Bears Grills. And uh, and I have I've gotten some comments about that about it. They, <laughs> people laugh quite a bit. Yeah, tell, tell us one of them. I just have to know. What, tell us one. Oh, about Bear Girls. Uh-huh. Oh, we we're just discussing about you know him. I guess one of his latest antics was screaming down a hill at 50 miles an hour and crashing into his uh, uh, cameraman. <laughs> and uh, I, I made some comments about that. As a matter of fact, I wrote a whole story about that. About, I figured this out when I was 10 years old sledding in Ohio. That <laughs> this was a great idea. And, uh, but, and it goes on from there, digresses, so to speak. And uh, it's, it's a pretty funny, funny article, actually. Okay. Um, people were reading it, and I'm getting a lot of good comments about it, <laughs> about my sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Mingo yeah, Morvan uh, site? That's mm-hmm. all photography. Uh, there's very little oh. writing in it. Maybe there's okay. a few things. But it's got tons and tons of pictures of, of okay. all the animals I work with, places I've been. I mean, there's places wow. in Russia and uh, uh, 
uh, Hawaii and D.C. and stuff like that. It shows a gamut of my photography. And so it's a fun place. Um, It's a nice site and stuff. Awesome. I so love what you're doing. This is so important. I love that you're bringing people back to nature, to the wilderness, and and working on understanding the wilderness. You know what they say, what we understand, we preserve. Um, and when yeah. we don't, we throw away. Um, so you're bringing more understanding and you're bringing it to our children so they can carry on our legacy, a legacy of positive influence and, and force, like you said, as opposed to the typical way, which I, I like the way you, you said that, to be on the planet and exist and be as a liability. Um, you know, uh, that really touches my heart. I really appreciate what you're up to on this. It, it yeah. makes so much sense to me. You know, we we try to um, to bring people back to a more uh, maybe not a basic way to live, but a basic way to think that mm. you know this is this is the planet we live on. We just borrow it for a while. We borrow it for a hundred years, and then we give it to somebody else to live on. And right. hopefully, we give it in a little better condition, yeah, or at least the same. And yeah. unfortunately, we're not doing that. No. And so that's what yeah. Bears Unlimited's help, hopefully, uh, can help people understand that. Okay. Uh, we have to work a little bit harder at living with the environment that we're here, that's given to us. Yeah. If we destroy it, there's no place else we can go. Yes. And so that's not going to be a good position to be in. No. No. Oh, I appreciate that. And I know that our listeners also do. Uh, We're all animal lovers, even if most of us perhaps uh, are most familiar with our more domestic animals, our dogs, our cats, our our birds, our horses perhaps, Um, but the wildlife is equally important and has a voice, and you're helping to bring that voice to the world, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of our missions to let people see. Um, A little side note there. Where I learned a great deal about bears is from my two dogs. I, really? uh, yeah, they, they, unfortunately they're both passed on because they're, they would be about 20 years old now. Mm-hmm. But I watched Nikki and Bear operate and there was a very, Nikki had chow in him and so he had this very domineering attitude and mm-hmm. Bear was a 120 pound chocolate lab. <laughs> he was laid back and says, hey, where's my food dish? Uh-huh. But as they matured and went through their lives, I watched all the little changes and how they operated together because, you know, dogs are pack animals. And it was very fascinating to watch them and uh, and to go out and play with them, hike with them and stuff. And Nikki taught me a great deal about the wilderness just by watching how he would do things. And I was just going like, I I will always remember those two little mutts. And uh, they were just uh, really good friends of mine and just great teachers. Yes. Yeah, they really are. When, when we learn how to pay attention and to connect and, like you said, communicate, that's all about mm-hmm. communicating, um, then it makes a huge difference. It expands our world. It reconnects us to the circle of life. It helps us understand the planet around us. Yeah, it's all good. All good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you, Mingo. Thank you. Well, thank you. Oh, all right. So how can people find Atu's Adventures? Atu's Adventures, if they go to um, bearsunlimitedinc.org, okay. Okay. Uh, go to Atu's Adventures pages, 
he has his own page, and there's uh, uh, links to there right to my publisher. You can also go to Amazon uh, and get them. Okay. And uh, so they're available through Amazon. Awesome. And uh, uh, and we're working on uh, getting them into the national parks now. And so we have. Matter of fact, when I come back in October, that's when we'll start that push uh, uh-huh. to get them there. But right now, they're sold through Amazon and through CreateSpace, which is my publisher, and, and then through my website. Awesome. All right, everybody. So go to bearsunlimitedinc.org. Look for Atu's, Atu, Atu's Adventure Pages and, um, and check out these wonderful books and your photographs also on your site, mingomorvin.com. Yeah. Oh, thank you again for all the all that you do. Thank you for spending some time with us today, sharing your heart and sharing your love of bears and the wilderness. Appreciate it. Much thank appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, been a highlight of my day today. So, good, <laughs> good Friday. Well, and I hope it's a highlight of of our listeners too. So yeah, yes. so go out in nature and spend some time appreciating the world around us. Uh, oh yeah. So get out of the box. That, yeah, get yep, out of the box. Amazing. Yeah. One thing that I always tell people is that don't be so afraid of dying that you're too afraid to live. Yeah. And that's such a big thing. And then people throw that sentence out a lot. But when they look at a lot of things that I've done and the things that I'm doing this summer, I mean, I have no guarantees that this summer is going to turn out well for me. Yeah. Uh, Bering Sea is a nasty place okay. in a 17-foot boat. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in time, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. I just look at it from a point of view. It's like, this is going to be such a cool thing to do. It's like yeah. way beyond cool. Wow. And so be a fun wow. thing. Yes. And so you're following your passion and your heart, and you're more interested in living to the fullest than living in a box, uh, being afraid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you. Excellent message and a great okay. tip. We will carry that forward, and I'm, I'm taking personal note of it myself. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, well, thank you. Okay, so we'll close Appreciate it down here. Time. Yeah, and I hope that when we get when you get back, uh, let me know, and let's. I'd love to hear what you find out and what how the trip went. Okay, one other thing on that is that if you watch the website, there'll be posts every three times or twice a week as oh, to okay. where I'm at, what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, every day, I I give a position report. Okay. For safety and for to let people know where I'm at, right. so people can follow this whole expedition on a GPS on a map through wow. the whole three months of it. Wow! Oh, that's awesome! Thank you for so yeah. They, thanks for letting us know. And so yeah, it's it's very doable just by watching the site. How awesome! So we'll feel like we're going with you. We'll be will you be submitting pictures and stuff also so we can see where you are. And, as soon as I get to Barrow, my first okay. resupply point, I'll be sending out a batch of uh, digital film, cool. uh, digital images, and Libby, my daughter, will be putting those up on the site. And so, uh, and I, she may do film. I'm not sure yet if we have that technical capability. Okay. Uh, but she's doing uh, all of the images, and then in Kotzebue, I'll also send stuff out, and then again in Nome, uh, okay. and probably in Galena. So along the whole course of the trip, if people watch the site, they'll see be, they'll be seeing pictures of the thing as I'm as it's basically unfolding. Wow! And, uh, and so yeah, it's very heavily uh, communicated, um, and part of that is safety, and part of it's information. Yes, yeah, and, and the excitement of the adventure for those of us 
who aren't quite brave enough to get in that boat and go off on this adventure by ourselves, oh, my God, my hat's off to you, my friend. Um, we can at least tune in and see what you're doing and celebrate with you and, and, um, and, and follow uh, in your footprints. Thank you. Yeah, that's, um, it'll be a fun trip. It will. I, I'm just, I'm delighted for you. I, I can tell how passionate you are. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, again, one more time, everybody go to bearsunlimitedinc.org and, uh, and we will follow your adventures, Mingo. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for all the hard work and for your love and your, your, uh, celebration of nature in our world. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Uh, so uh, we'll leave it at that, at that and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thank okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better-behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Thank you.